On the Riabu podcast today, the UK Small Business Commissioner, Liz Barkley, joins us for a conversation about getting paid on time if you're a supplier and also the general picture of how things are looking towards the end of the first quarter of 2022. Commissioner Barkley, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark, very much for your invitation. So you've been in the job now for almost a year. May the 5th was the official announcement. What have you discovered in the last 12 months? How dire is the situation on prompt payments? To be fair, I don't think the situation is, is as dire as the perception of it. We were hitting, on average, 37.5 days to pay before the pandemic. We're now on 36.3 days to pay. That's an average, of course, and averages hide some very, very bad behaviour. We are seeing some firms expecting their suppliers to wait for 60, 90, even 120 days. I heard 150 days the other day. But at the other end of the scale, we're certainly seeing some of the bigger companies treating their suppliers better. And I think that might be because they were really worried that during the pandemic, they'd lose those suppliers and therefore lose the supplies of goods or services that they then were selling on to their own customers. And we saw some of the biggest companies reduce their payment terms to 15 days, even seven days in some cases. So it can be done. And what we would really now like to see is that those suppliers that have improved their payment practices sticking to that, and the other less good payers realising that it pays you as a business, it helps your bottom line, it attracts investors, it attracts skilled people to come and work with you if you're an ethical business that treats your small suppliers well. And isn't that the great irony? It can be done if they want to. So shouldn't the large companies use their market power, for example, with their own own lenders to provide them with the sort of working capital so that they can provide prompt payments to small suppliers? Yes, that's one argument, and that's certainly a possibility, although it seems that in some cases the lenders are saying, actually, you need to hold on and preserve your cash. So don't pay that particular invoice now. Hold on to that one and wait. We're seeing some evidence of this, but not all uh, companies are operating that way. Not all lenders are operating that way. However, for a lot of companies, it is a matter of not having invested in their payment processes, not having updated them for years. And it is possible, and lots of companies tell us this, that they simply cannot pay quicker than they have been paying. So some of them will say, we have a problem identifying who our small suppliers are, because that's not a question we ask at induction. How many employees do you have? There are those that are telling us that their approval processes mean that they can't pay within 30 days. They could perhaps pay within 45 days, for instance. We had a classic example of that the other day, where a small firm, small supplier, was offered a piece of work which he really wanted And he was offered payment in 120 days. And he said, no, I can't wait for you to pay me in 120 days. You'll have to pay me in 30. The business went away. The the, uh, procurement officer went away, talked to the finance department, came back and said, we actively actually cannot pay within 30 days. Would you accept payment in 45 days? And so they came to a negotiated settlement and The small business, the small supplier is now saying to me that because he was brave enough to negotiate those better payment terms, 
He now gets paid by most of his customers quicker than he did in the past because he negotiates better payment terms. So there's Mm -hmm. something to be done on both sides here. The small businesses need to have the confidence to realise they're the talent that drives business success and negotiate better payment terms. And the bigger businesses need to look at their payment processes and see if they need to be invested in to make them work better. So let's drill down into the large companies and their practices, because we so often hear exactly what you just related. The procurement guys or the finance guys say, hey, you know, we'd like to pay you, but we have all these processes. Isn't it a fact, though, that treasury departments in multinational companies all have these complicated processes by design with the simple aim of holding on to their cash? Mm, I think that was the case, and I think it is the case still in some circumstances with some firms. But I honestly think that is shifting from that. I think the bigger businesses are much better at looking at their processes and investing in new up-to-date processes. I think there is still that problem in the middle layer businesses where the finance department has simply said, why do you want to invest in better payment processes? Why do you want to pay the suppliers quicker? It's not in our interests necessarily to pay them any quicker. And actually, you're asking me to allow you to make a big investment. We could use that money for other things. And there are other things on our list to do that are much more important. So there is a mix. I accept that. But I think that fewer businesses these days get out of bed to do a bad job. I think that more businesses are thinking ethically. They're thinking about how do we treat our small suppliers? And I would actually like to see this now escalated up to board level. I think this is a strategic and governance issue and that boards should be saying to their payment departments, how well do we treat our small suppliers? Are we an ethical company that will give investors confidence to invest in us? Are we the kind of company that really good young people coming out of schools, colleges and universities with the skills that we need will want to work for? Interestingly enough, in the manufacturing sector, I'm beginning to hear of freelance workers refusing to work with companies that don't have a reputation for being ethical and paying fast. And I think that's really important. If the freelancers, the sole traders, the micro businesses, where the real talent sits, the innovation, the the creativity sits, if they start to say, no, we've looked at your payment practices, we really don't want to work with you, we can spend 120 days looking for customers who will pay us faster and pay us better and treat us more fairly. If that message starts to get through, I think we will see a real change. Still, is it possible to quantify treating suppliers better in the same way as the finance department seems to be able to quantify not to invest in the faster payment processes because they really can boil it down to the dollars and cents investment? It's a very difficult question to answer because we run a payment dispute service for small businesses who have payment disputes that they can't resolve themselves with their bigger customers, and we don't get complaints. But that's not because the complaints don't exist. That's because small businesses won't complain about the customers that they hope to get future work with. 
and they want to preserve that business relationship at all costs. And a typical example is someone I've known for years came to me in the first fortnight that I was in this job. She said, I was promised that I would be paid in 14 days. I've delivered the work. The payment department is now telling me their standard terms are 90 days. And I said, well, you have an agreement. We can help you. We can help with that dispute. And she said, I don't want you to because I don't want you to intervene. I asked why not. She said, because there's future work in the pipeline and I want to get it. So we have to shift all sorts of things in order to get small businesses paid more fairly. And I think we have to shift the ethics at the top end and get the boards to be asking that question, how well do we treat our small suppliers? But we also have to get small suppliers at the other end to recognise that they have to do more to help themselves to get paid. Because we also know that around about 42% of invoices go in with mistakes on them. And if there are mistakes on them, you are then leaving yourself open to delays in getting paid. Yes, and I definitely do want to come on to that point. But just to ensure or to wrap up on the point of the boards, is there a way to quantify the value of paying suppliers faster so that they have an easier job of deciding do we go with a faster payment or not well, for I example think it, could, I think it could be measured in, in sustainability terms for yes example. it could it could be uh, i think it could be measured in how many of your suppliers reach net zero now you have got to yourself reach net zero you can help your small suppliers to get there by paying them quicker because small businesses will not invest they won't invest in skills or carbon reduction or any of the digitization any of those transformations that we would like to see if they don't know and don't have the certainty as to when the money is going to hit their bank account when they know they've got the money and when they know they can manage their cash Cash flow, and when they know when the next payments are coming in, they're much more likely to invest. So there's that. There's also the social aspect of this. So that's the E, the environmental aspect. The social aspect of this is that small businesses will invest in their local communities, their local areas. They will help with the government's levelling up agenda. I know that you will know that the government in the UK wants to see areas, everybody have the same level of opportunity. So levelling up so that opportunity is spread evenly across the country. And small businesses have a vastly important part to play in that. And big businesses can help with that, again, by paying them on time. But it's also the ethical and the governance issue. Now, all of those things are difficult to quantify. But part of the quantification has to be about not just your bottom line, because it will help your bottom line, because you've got the talent wanting to work with you. It will also help you with the skills shortages, because we're struggling here to get the skills that we need in the UK. And it will help reputationally. So, I think big firms have to think broader than just what does the bottom line look like? It's about all those other aspects of how you quantify. And the truth is that if you pay and if you are a good payer, you will reap the benefits of that. And I think that's where governance comes in, because the boards understand that even if the payment department doesn't. And finally, then on boards, will they actually be able to persuade could Joel transform their procurement and finance departments? Because of those old habits of hoarding cash and not paying suppliers might die hard, Liz. Yes, I think that's true. But then I sit on boards. I suspect you probably do too. And when boards start asking the question of the CEO and the CEO 
needs to come up with an answer. The CEO goes to the CFO and the procurement department and actually starts to analyse what's happening in their own work processes in a way that perhaps they haven't done before. And a lot of chairs and non-exec directors that I've been talking to have said, we've never asked that question because it's an operational issue. And my argument is that it's not an operational issue. It's a strategic issue for your company. If you want to be an ethical company and reap the benefits of that, then that's a strategic issue that should be pursued by the boards. And boards have power. Looking now to the supplier side, one of the things that I find surprising about your website, smallbusinesscommissioner.gov.uk, is just how much orientation there is actually to the supplier side of the equation rather than the customer side. You might expect that the guardian of the prompt payment code would um, you know, wave the big stick at the large companies. But actually, a lot of your focus is on helping small and medium enterprises get it right. It is. We do wave the stick at the larger companies. We have, on the prompt payment code, 3,500 businesses signed up. We do expect them to adhere to the commitment they've made. It's a voluntary code, but it's only voluntary until the point at which you sign. Thereafter, you are committing to reach the standards set by the code. However, we will suspend and we will take people off the code if they're not adhering. However, it is very difficult to check up on three and a half thousand companies and we would like a lot more on the prompt payment code. So we're working very hard on that. However, on the other side, there's also help that the suppliers can give themselves to get paid. And we want them to understand that they can be confident if they get offered a payment in 120 days. I'm sorry, that's simply not good enough. And you do have the talent. You are the supplier of choice. Therefore, you have some of the power in the game. And you can say, I'm really sorry, but you wouldn't pay your employees in 120 days. That's four months. They'd be in mm. debt by then with their mortgage, for instance. Well, and you'd be in or, court by then if you well, left it that long. Quite, Quite possibly. And so therefore, you as a freelancer or a sole trader or a micro business should be making those same arguments. And then also, you need to make sure you have all the information that you need to get paid quickly. And you use all of that information and you make it available on your invoices. Because as I say, 42% of invoices go in with mistakes of some kind, and that leaves you open to being paid later than you expected. Yes, that's a real own goal. And to some extent, I guess the thing that we as suppliers wearing our supplier hats never would want to admit, but is unfortunately true, is that a lot of the time when we don't get paid, it's probably our own fault. I have admitted it time and time again. I have been freelance for all of my working career. You, Mark, I suspect, I think you run your own business too. So I suspect you might be in the same boat as me if we were really being honest. I know <laughs> that I um, owed quite a few thousand pounds because I got it wrong or because I didn't chase it up properly or because I didn't have the conversation in the first place or because I accepted a contract without thinking through the payment terms. So, you know, we get exuberant about the amount of work that we get coming in and we suddenly get a really exciting piece of work and we say yes before we think through the details and we've got to give ourselves that time to check how am I going to get paid when am I going to get paid we also make the mistake of assuming that the person who gave us the work is the person who's going to pay us it's mm. not 
And of course, the person gives us the work, then moves on to look at the next piece of work and doesn't know that you haven't been paid. <laughs> so your invoice with all the mistakes on it could sit in the in tray for 30 days. You then chase it up and it could take another 30 days to get paid. And that could be your own fault. Or you could fail to negotiate better payment terms in the first instance. So we really have to start thinking before the work begins as to how we need to get paid, because otherwise we won't be able to manage the cash flow. And I have run out of money because I have simply not managed my cash flow. I've not been able to, I've not been, got paid when I thought I would, and I have been left with a gap. And it can be very hard for small businesses to fill that gap with other finance. Yes. Well, it's, it's very candid of you to admit that, but I think a story that most of our listeners can probably relate to. Where, as a UK Small Business Commissioner then, do you see more of the work? Is it in fact to persuade the multinationals to pull their treasury departments into line and, and pay especially their small suppliers more promptly? Or do you actually see the larger construction site in the minds of small business owners to actually get the payments right or the, the, the processes right to get paid on time? I don't think it's one or the other. I think I think we have to work from both ends of the chain. A lot more people are becoming really interested in the idea of payments and payment practices being part of the ESG measures, so the environment, the social and the governance measures. And I am working with small business organisations to say to them, your members can give themselves a better chance of getting paid fast. So we need to get those messages out to them. I'm also saying to the tech companies in the middle, you've come up with some brilliant ideas for apps that will create invoices, that will automatically submit invoices, that will look to get payments through in seven days and even, even less time than that. Can you think about other apps that, you know, other technological technology-driven processes that might help the small businesses to negotiate better payment terms even, as well as right through to an alternative dispute resolution that would take human intervention out of it. You know, so that there's all sorts of ways that we can tackle this. We just got to do more of it faster, yes. more quickly, because it's really important for the economy that these small businesses survive. And a recent survey predicted that we could lose 440,000 small businesses this year because they're not getting paid quickly enough and we haven't got the cash flow to see them through. And that's critical. Uh, what percentage of uh, businesses is 440,000 actually? Oh, is that a large? Now you ask me a big question and I can't do the calculation that well, quickly. I mean, there's we have about 5,000 we have about 5.6 million small businesses in the UK. And if we lose right. 440,000 of them, that is significant. Yeah, that's almost 10%. And all the families and, and their livelihoods yes. that depend on that too. Of course. Okay. But, you know, often technology is touted as the panacea. You see any number of uh, people touting, for example, accounting software and promising that it'll pay you faster. In your experience, both as the UK Small Business Commissioner and yes. a freelancer and a business person yourself, do you really see technology as the solution to this? No, I see it as part of the solution to it. It's already changed the habits of an awful lot of small businesses. I think about two and a half million of our 5.6 million small businesses are using cloud-based accounting software at the moment. We did see a big shift to technology and technological solutions to invoicing and payments and so on during the COVID pandemic. But there are still 
by my calculation, and that is very much back of the envelope, I do think that there are about a million small businesses still not digital in any shape or form, so not producing their invoices digitally. I do have a friend who is a bookkeeper who tells me that she still gets invoices on the backs of cigarette packets. Now, <laughs> it's unbelievable but true. They deliver the invoice to her. And she then transforms them digitally and sends them on. But we have got making tax digital coming down the pipeline in the UK for small businesses in 2024. So we need to help our small businesses to make that digital transformation. Again, it comes back to the fact that small businesses that don't get paid and don't have the certainty as when they're going to get paid and can't therefore manage their cash flow aren't going to invest in digital products. And on the other end of the scale, of course, you've got bigger businesses that have got payment processes that they stick with, and they're not going to make the technological shift to the faster, quicker payment methods either. So there's a lot of work to be done, but it's part of the solution. Yes. Well, two of those businesses that you mentioned that uh, are sticking to their guns of taking a long time to pay. In fact, uh, you uh, published uh, recently, uh, just earlier this month, uh, certain units of Diageo and Unilever as uh, having been kicked out of the prompt payment code for uh, continuing to delay payments. Generally speaking, are you concerned that the prompt payment code could be used by large companies, any large company, as a form of virtue signaling, rather than, as you say, really getting their payment processes into order? I would hate to think that that were the case. We would like to be able to check up more often to make sure that they are doing what they say they do. If companies sign up to the prompt payment code, then they should stick to the terms of the code. There may be other companies, obviously, that will cause us concern. But what we are finding is that companies really do think that the prompt payment code is valuable to them in their business. And there are some of them struggling, but they're contacting us. They're calling up the prompt payment code team and they are saying, can you help us here? What we're really worried about is breaching the code. We don't want to be suspended from it. We certainly don't want to be kicked off it. We want to do everything that we possibly can to stay on it. Now, my view is that we're much better to have those businesses still on the code, if at all possible, because they are more likely to be taking care of their small suppliers. And so we will work with them, if at all possible, to help them not to breach the code. Finally, then, we started out this conversation talking about the need to put prompt payment on the agenda, that it needs to be as common and I suppose as readily accepted as fastening your seatbelt when you get into a car. How far are we away from that and what needs to happen in order for everybody to think of prompt payment as the right way to go? I think part of the thing is the language. Actually, I don't want prompt payment because if you pay me promptly in 120 days, that's no good. I may have gone <laughs> to the wall by then. I would like fast payment, but then that's been a term that the tech companies and the apps use. I want quick payment. I want fair payment. I want people to be paid. I want them to negotiate. I want them to be paid in such a time period that they know that they are going to be able to manage their cash flow. It's mostly about managing the cash flow. A lot of small businesses say to me they would love to be paid in 30 days. However, they can wait longer 
but it's the lack of certainty that's the problem. We've got to get the messages across there and we've got to think about the language that we use. Late payment is another one that is a difficult term because it's not always about overdue invoices. Quite often it's about long extended payment terms that have been accepted in the contract. And we've got to make sure that we get the message through to small businesses, to the freelancers, sole traders, micro businesses. You are the talent that is driving business success in a lot of these bigger businesses. You're the creativity, you're the innovator. They need you. And therefore, you have a bit more power in this game than you seem to think you have. So you should be out there negotiating. And I know it's really hard to say. And lots of small businesses tell me they don't want to push back against what is being offered to them. It is one of those situations you mentioned seatbelts. It took 30 years to get seatbelts. <laughs> and eventually we had to have legislation. I would like to think we can get there quicker and without the need for legislation. Your friend who you alluded to earlier, the one who said, I don't want you to contact the customer because I, I have further work coming from them. I don't want to upset the apple cart. Will her and other people like her, will their attitudes need to change and say, yeah, actually, you should be out there uh, banging your fist on the table? Yes. I would like to think that as a result of the conversation that we had, that next time round, she said, I would love to have that piece of work. You know, I'm really good. You know, I will deliver but please, can you pay me in a bit less than 90 days? Because I also have people that I need to pay. And I like to think that every little conversation we have will make a little bit of a difference. But of course, that's why it takes so long. If I could get out there and talk to 5.6 million businesses face to face, I think we might manage to shift the dial a bit quicker. If I could get out there and talk to every big business and every chair and every non-exec director, we might be able to get the messages through a bit quicker. That's what I'm yes. trying to do. <laughs> sure. But but in the meantime, is naming and shaming the way to go? For example, shouldn't uh, Diageo and Unilever face some sort of repercussions from their suppliers for being kicked out of the prompt payment code? Will they? Will they? I don't know. The other question that I ask is, will it put other companies off signing up to the prompt payment code because they don't want to run the risk of inadvertently breaching the code perhaps and you know being sanctioned so you know, we have to get the balance right and it's how do we get that balance right that is the question so finally what's your message to our listeners what can they do to contribute to the the greater cause of getting paid on time Right at the outset, ask the questions before you take the work on. When am I going to get paid? What's the terms of the payment terms in the contract? If they don't suit you because you're going to have to wait for 60, 90 days to get paid and you can't afford to do that because you won't have the cash flow push back, ask for payment quicker. These are not conversations that have to be confrontational. Negotiation is not about confrontation. It's about simply saying, I've got people I need to pay too. Big businesses need to realise that if the talent has gone because it hasn't been paid on time, it's going to cost them a lot of money to go out there and look for new suppliers with the same level of talent as the supplier that they've just lost. And so it's to everybody's benefit if people are paid fast and fair for the work that they do. It's great to talk to you. Thank you again for all of your insights and for the time that you've spent with us today on the Riabu podcast.